This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello, and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Friday, June 10th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how are you doing this morning? Pretty good. How about you? Doing well, doing well. It's early, but I'm doing okay. We're doing one of these uh, Friday morning live shows, as we do every Friday. And this week, we are joined by Yancey Eaton. Yancey, how you doing? I'm doing good. Are you sure you're doing okay, though? You look a little out of it. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. We were talking before we hit record that I, I work on these mornings, which is not usually my thing. But I, I am up and ready to go and uh, excited to talk about uh, Friday DFS for sure. Um, if you are joining us live on the page, uh, we have a chat going, and we'd like to uh, have you join us, bring your questions and whatnot. And if you're not joining us live, listening to this later in the future, uh, podcast is normal. But um. Brad, you have a uh, Field of Streams uh, or a Daily Grind Invitational going on today over at FanDuel, yeah? Yes, and I think there's still some spots available. I'll refresh and confirm that. Yeah, there's uh, still half the leagues available. Uh, 20 users, $2 entry. Uh, FanDuel unfortunately caps you at 20 users. I'd like to be up more around 30 to 40 myself. Still so far so good with those? Yeah, yeah, so far so good. Every once in a while, last week... Friday really pissed me off. I put together a really nice lineup. It scored the, uh, it won the FanDuel League that I put together, but someone had dropped out at the last minute, and so it didn't count for money. Uh, so I, I could be atop my own leaderboard finally. Instead, I'm still in like fourth or fifth place. <laughs> that's, that's well, there's more to that, actually. I don't know if you remember yeah. this, but I actually day. tweeted at you the next day it happened to me. I won the league on Saturday and didn't get points for it either. Yeah. So. <laughs> That, that time, at least, we never actually filled the, the league. We only got to 18 people that day. The, the Friday one, we had 20 people at 12 at noon when we were recording this. It was already full, and then someone dropped off later in the day and didn't tell anyone to fill their spot. That's a pain. Well, uh, if you want to join Brad or Yancey playing in the, those DFS formats in the Daily Grind Invitational, uh, those are a lot of fun. It's a, you get a lot of Rotograss regulars. The link is in the Fangraphs post as well as uh, follow Brad on Twitter at BaseballATeam. He has those going most days. Uh, and we'll be talking about a bunch of options for tonight. So if you want to listen along and join in there, uh, that'd help. Um, guys, it's Friday. It's June 10th. We're in the middle of the MLB draft. They had the first two rounds on Thursday, and I think the typical fantasy baseball takeaway is, who cares right now, right? Brad, <laughs> do you have anything from the draft at all that's relevant, or this is all like 2018-2019 discussion, right? Yeah, mostly. It's going to be long-range. I, I think yeah. Nick Senzel, if the Reds didn't already have Yoenio Suarez at third base, might have had an outside shot at seen some September time this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably still more midseason next year. Uh, he, he's the most MLB ready to me. Uh, there's a couple outfielders that are drafted that could show up next year. Uh, but for the most part, most of the college hitters, they, they don't really look like guys who are going to get there in under a year. And there's really only a couple pitchers who fit that profile too. Yeah. So, I mean, the draft is neat, but it's hard to get super excited with it so far away. Uh, Yancey, did you take anything away from it, even as a Rays fan or a, a fantasy fan? Uh, just that it's painfully boring. It's <laughs> awful. It, it really be. is awful to watch. It can I mean, I, if I didn't have Twitter, I don't know if I would even know about it, to be honest with you. Twitter's kind of fun. You see, like, the memes and stuff, and yeah. that part was good. But other than that, I mean, there's there's really nothing there for you if you actually like watching stuff happen. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun yeah, it's, to... It's... 
it's fun to hear everybody it's... talk about extreme upside on every player, how they're all going to be oh, major yeah. league regulars. And not uh, even not even the upside. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah. not the upside, but their floor. Yeah. Like they'll have the graphic and they'll say like, oh, their floor is. You ben know, Zobris. Chris Davis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like a, a perennial all-star. What are you talking No, their, their, their floor is we never hear from them again. That's yeah. what their floor is. Yeah, it's fun to hear, you know, and then the comps to all-stars all day, the forced comps that don't make a lot of sense and, and how everybody's going to pan out to their ceiling. And I don't know. Uh, a lot of this stuff, you're right. We're not going to hear it from half of these guys again, and it's going to be some years. So I don't know. It's definitely interesting. I'm not trying to take away from it. Like, the draft's cool. It's just not nearly the same as other sports, and does not fit most fantasy stuff. Maybe when Brad's talking about uh, dynasty stuff, but for the most part, yeah. fantasy uh, sees guys in a few years. But it's 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 still cool stuff. Just hard to get me like excited. All right, uh, we're gonna jump into this big fat DFS slate for Friday. <laughs> There's tons of options as usual. We do these Friday shows, and uh, my immediate takeaway while doing my prep is that it seems a little more pitcher heavy than usual. Brad, did you feel that way? Yes, it's very full of aces. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a doozy of a slate. Mm-hmm. You have just a ton of really good pitchers. Uh, Kershaw obviously is just someone you always want to get if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strasburg's facing the Phillies. That's awesome. Uh, there's several more aces. There's other guys who aren't really aces, but still put up good point totals, like Jason Hamill against the Braves. Mm-hmm. And there's even a couple cheap guys that are, you know, usable. Uh, the the flip side of that coin is there's a ton of hitters parks in play. The weather is fantastic for home runs today, and there's some really bad pitchers too. So mm-hmm. you're gonna have big stacks and big pitchers to look out for. Yeah, and and I think it also means that we're not gonna have a million options at each uh, at each position, which is good. Again, uh, on these Friday ones with so many options, you can stand to be picky, uh, which is nice, and so we can just uh, pick our favorites. So. Yancey's our guest. I'm going to let you get started. Uh, we start at catcher. Where do you think you might go at the catcher position for Friday? I think on both sides I'm going to lean towards James McCann. Um, he gets buried in the lineup. He's normally batting 7th or 8th, which I'm not in love with, obviously. But 360 Woba against left-handed pitching. Mm-hmm. 132 WRC Plus against lefties. He's just a, a fantastic punt option at catcher. Like you guys know, I say this you know, every time anybody asks me. I never pay it for catcher. So somebody like that who can literally... You know, take it yard. I'm fine with. Um, I don't mind vote. If everybody, every single slate always touts vote because he always has the platoon. He's always batting third or fourth, but he has been bad. Um, I'm not guaranteeing that he's going to do anything special, but for that price and that spot in the lineup, I don't mind it. Whoever starts at catcher for the Cubs, maybe Miguel Montero, uh, Bud Norris. For for the notes for Bud Norris, I just put in parentheses LOL. <laughs> I mean, you guys can figure it out. It's 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 pretty easy. Um, whichever Rocky catcher, probably Nick Hundley. Obviously, it's a core slate today. And what's nice about it too is it is a 15 game slate, and the Cubs aren't at home, so we have the full 15 games. We don't have to worry about that little hanger mm-hmm. of the Cubs playing earlier. And uh, Real Muto uh, occasionally Mattingly likes to get a little frisky, and then against lefties, he'll have Real Muto batting leadoff if he's Batting first today, I, I like Romuto, too, as kind of like a pun option. So that's basically all I have for catcher. Yeah, Romuto has this really weird home road split that I haven't looked in the last few weeks, but it was really extreme before, where for whatever reason he couldn't hit in Miami. Uh, and I realize that's a hitter, or a pitcher's park, but it shouldn't be that insane. Um, but he's in the desert. He's in Arizona. Should be fine there, and I agree. I like him against a lefty, especially uh, when he moves up. 
Um, you mentioned James McCann getting CC Sabathia, and I, was, I didn't know when we we're going to get to CC in this show, but I think he warrants discussion because uh, CC Sabathia in the last couple of years has been a guy we could easily pick on, you know. And I was I was right there at the front of that, but since he came back from the disabled list, four starts, he's only allowed a 450 OPS since he's come back. It's only four starts, but like he faced Toronto in one of them, um, 24 innings, only three runs. It's a 113 RA. Uh, and a 24 strikeouts to nine walks. Basically, he's been on fire in four starts since he's been back, and I think he's been pitching a little bit differently, um, staying away from his fastball a bit. Also, on the year, he handles righties better than lefties. So if this were a month ago, I would have been like, oh, yeah, CC against Detroit. Like, I'm all over it, you know. But now I, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I can't pick him, but I'm thinking twice. Uh, Brad, have you been looking at Sabathia at all? Have you been paying attention to this weird hot streak he's got going on? I've taken a couple looks. I've watched him pitch a couple times. It's mm-hmm. obviously it's not going to maintain what he's got going. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I, I think I've seen enough to kind of believe in him maybe being a sub 4.0 ERA pitcher again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to be someone who dominates, but he'll occasionally be allowed to pitch deep into a game. He's probably best used as more of a five or six inning guy these days, though. Mm-hmm. Get to that bullpen. Uh, let them do their work, and yeah, he he's mostly just going to keep you off balance now. Stay away from the fastball, not let you hit it. Yeah, I I mean I I still like the James McCann pick because it's a cheap catcher pick, and he can certainly run into one. He does have the advantage. I just I I'm at least thinking about it when I pick all these uh, Tigers righties, and there's a bunch of Tigers righties and places to go. Um, I don't think yeah, I don't think Sabathia is invulnerable. I'm just like. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting yeah. to me. I was definitely like, oh, yeah, it's going to be fine until he runs into Toronto. And then he was good against Toronto. So I'm like, man, what do you do with this Detroit matchup? Um, anyway, still at capture. Uh, Brad, who did you have that Yancey didn't mention? Well, speaking of McCann's, uh, I'm not opposed to paying for catcher now and then. And Brian McCann, not too expensive today. Up against Mike Pelfrey, who's terrible against everybody. doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're a righty or a lefty. Uh, I think a Yankee stack definitely makes sense today, especially since some of those guys are starting to hit better, Ellsbury and uh, Gardner especially. Uh, so there, there's a couple places you can go in that Yankees lineup, get some uh, decent value. And he's only 3100 on draft or uh, FanDuel. So that's not a bad price. Mm-hmm. And then also liking Wellington Castillo up against Justin Nicolino, who I put forward as a candidate for worst pitcher in the majors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Castillo loves lefties. Uh, Nicolino's just going to throw strikes. That's all he does. Uh, try to induce soft contact. Uh, sometimes he succeeds in that, sometimes not. So we'll see how that goes. But I do like the matchup. I like the park being uh, Chase Field today. And, yeah, look good, looks good to me. I really like that. I've mentioned Nicolino before, just because not only is he not very good, but uh, he's also left-handed, which means you can get these guys that excel uh, against him specifically. So, yeah, uh, it's one of my favorite names to see on the slate. It's Justin Nicolino. All right, great. Especially uh, away from Miami. Uh, The only catcher I wrote down that you guys didn't mention is Wilson Ramos getting Jeremy Hellickson. And Wilson Ramos may prefer lefties, but he can still hit righties, too. And Hellickson is, is not... Uh, you know, that's special this year. So I'm I'm totally fine with that as well. So plenty of options and catcher places to go. Um, Brad, do you have anybody else that we missed? No, no I think that covers uh, the wide slate. Yeah. Uh, there, there are plenty of options today at a range of price points. Yeah. Um, how about first base? You want to get us started there? Sure. Pro- probably a good day to pay for a first baseman, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, two guys yes. at the top of the list for me. Uh, Anthony Rizzo against Norris. Paul Goldschmidt against Nicolino. 
I'm not sure any analysis is really required here. These are two stud first basemen up against really exploitable pitchers. Uh, Atlanta's not really the best park for lefty power, but it's not bad either. Uh, he And Rizzo obviously has enough power to escape that park. Uh, looking a little bit further down the list, if you're trying to get a bargain to fit around a Clayton Kershaw or a Strasburg, uh, liking Deho Lee up against uh, Derek Holland. Uh, Good platoon bat, uh, hits lefties well. Holland's okay. Uh, he's a fine pitcher. He's not great. He makes his mistakes. Uh, he gets punished sometimes. And the Mariners do have some guys who can hit lefties. Uh, so it could be a tough game for him, and Lee can be involved in the run score. Yeah, I like that. I have that uh, written down for sure. We don't often pick cheap options at first base, but I'm he's been just fine in the major leagues so far. They let him in, you know hit a lefty and is not going to get embarrassed against righties either and that lineup is you know been better than most people think so yeah i like that a lot if you want to go cheap at first base uh yancey who are you thinking at first base um i'm i'm gonna try to make goldie work in just as many lineups as i possibly can obviously it's gonna be difficult when you have kershaw up top and then having to pay for i think he's the most expensive on both sites or first or second most expensive um, but I really want Goldie. Um, just batting average alone, not even talking Woba, at home versus lefties for his career, he's batting three thirty nine. So, I mean, even if he doesn't hit a home run, like he, he's he's getting on base just about every single game. Uh, I also mentioned Deho Lee. When he does play, he's he's batting fifth with a platoon. So I like that play a lot versus Holland. Rizzo, obviously, that's that's kind of easy. Big Poppy is probably going to clean up against, uh, who's it, Tyler Duffy they're pitching mm-hmm. against? Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah, Tyler Duffy, I don't mind. He's and, uh, a lot, too. I like Tyler Duffy at one point, but the wheels are coming off a little bit, so I, I like Ortiz a lot. Right, and then um, the last name I had was Will Myers, who's first base eligible on DraftKings. I don't... Actually, has he played outfield at all this year? I don't uh, think so. Uh, no. I don't think so, yeah. I'd have to yeah, he's, he's um, just a first baseman. He's got a okay. wonky elbow, so he can't really throw. That is true, but it is Coors Field, and you're going to see a lot of people gravitate towards it. Um, yeah. Just one observation, too, by the way, while we're talking about Coors Field, is um, FanDuel, their pricing, their most expensive Coors bat right now is Carlos Gonzalez at 4300 So it's you're going to see a ton of Colorado stacks, especially on FanDuel. On DraftKings, obviously, they're priced way up, like... Um, you know, Will Myers is 5,200, and, you know, he'll bat second. Maybe he'll do fantastic, but that cost is extremely prohibitive. But on FanDuel, you're going to see a ton of course ownership. So if you guys are playing GPPs especially, it's going to really help to kind of zigzag and um, uh, maybe, like, gravitate towards some of these other these other high total games, these high Vegas total games, like the Arizona game that's the second highest on the slate. But um, that's just one random observation that I have. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, especially because the sites differ on that quite a bit. But Andrew Kashner and John Gray in Colorado should mean hopefully some runs uh, scored there. Uh, I wrote down, I, I like all those guys. Um, the two I have you guys didn't mention, I have Edwin Encarnacion getting Kevin Gosman. Kevin Gosman started real well on a slowing down a little bit. I still believe him, but he's actually shown reverse split. He's uh, struggled righties, and Edwin has shown uh, an affinity for hitting righties in the past, so... I think that lineup is not as golden as Goldschmidt's or uh, or Rizzo's, but I think still an option there uh, if you want to pick one that's a little less popular. I could see him hitting a righty just fine. That's the deal with the Baltimore bullpen also, but but an option. And then I wrote uh, Mike Napoli and Hector Santiago. Mike Napoli can hit lefties. Uh, Santiago's been slowing down in a bad way. I used to really like him as a <laughs> streamer, but... He's he's having about the same time that the rest of the Angels staff and the Angels team is. He's uh, having issues. So 
I would uh, go ahead and go with him as well. Um, Brad, did you have any first baseman we didn't mention? No, I think that covers it. Cool. Um, all right, at second base, I had five names. Um, I have Daniel Murphy getting Jeremy Hellickson because Daniel Murphy won't stop hitting, and I think you know getting Hellickson in the Phillies bullpen will be just fine for him. Um, I have Ben Zobrist getting Bud Norris just because Ben Zobrist is plenty talented, and the Cubs are going to score a lot of runs against Bud Norris. Uh, I like Yancey's note on that. I think that's going to be just fine. Um, I have Gene Segura getting Justin Nicolino. He's right-handed and likes the platoon advantages often near the top of that lineup, and I think there'll be a lot of runs scored there. And he's he's not quite as good as when he started the season, but he's going to be just fine. Um, last two names, Rugnet Odor gets Sasha Iwakuma. Iwakuma has his good starts, but in general is, is not one you have to avoid. I think a lot of people are on Odor against, uh, against righties. And my last name is Matt Carpenter getting Garrett Cole. It's like to say that Matt Carpenter is kind of matchup proof. And I don't know. It's a good pitcher in a pitcher's park. So it's definitely not the first place I'm going. It's more just if you're playing in GPP and you want one that's going to be probably less popular than usual because of a quote-unquote bad matchup. But I believe in him being strong enough to at least get some points out of it. So uh, it's weird to think of Matt Carpenter as an alternative name, but uh, I, I still think I still trust him a bit there, um, despite the the tough matchup. Just not the first place I'm going to go in. Kind of the opposite of you know Ben Zobrist is maybe the obvious one. Getting Bud Norris uh, would consider Matt Carpenter. Uh, Brad, did you have any second baseman uh, other than that, other than what I mentioned? Yeah, probably one or two. Get, getting back to Carpenter real quick, just a thing mm-hmm. to watch out for. Jammed his finger late yesterday, yeah. so just make sure that he's in the lineup and might also have a little bit of a power sap today uh, just from that uh, jammed finger. As for second baseman that I like, Storon Castro, someone who's uh, caught my eye up against Mike Pelfrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pelfrey, he's terrible against everyone. You don't have to worry about the platoon advantage. It's mm-hmm. just everyone's hitting him. Uh, Castro has occasionally appeared above the sixth spot in the lineup recently. The Yankees do have a couple injuries that they're dealing with. Uh, so if he's above his usual spot in, in the lineup, he has some extra value. He's pretty cheap on FanDuel, too, so that's worth uh, looking at, especially if you're trying to get some guys around him. Uh, another guy I'd take a, a shot at, uh, either, uh, actually, probably just Yerkes and Profar. Uh, Ruben Odor might get the day off against a lefty, and even if he plays, he's not great against southpaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, again, that's a, that's a stack uh, we'll... I'll uh, probably talk about it a little bit. And actually, I have that backwards. I'm thinking of Texas' as starter. Yeah. Uh, so we can uh, <laughs> we can adjust that in the podcast, but I have to own up to it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Iwakuma, again, who I used to yeah. really like. I, but... Iwakuma is still someone you can go after. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, Rugnet Odor is someone who's worth considering, too. Only 2,800 on FanDuel. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fine matchup. Uh, Yancey, do you have anybody else at second base we didn't mention? Well, he kind of scared me a little bit. Did you see me looking at my notes? Like, wait a second. <laughs> um, you I like wouldn't Daniel believe a lot. how much that happens in recording all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've I've started doing like a ton of research for a slate, and then I realized that it was the day before. You know, like you spend like an hour and a half doing research, and it's like, man, something something feels off, something feels wrong. Yeah. Um, but at second base, obviously, I, I like Daniel Murphy, just like you guys said. Uh, Helixson actually is not a gas can this year. Um, if you look at his FIP, his K per nine, actually kind of holding his own. And uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this on Twitter, but a lot of people say that I look like Jeremy Helixson, which, I mean, he's not a bad-looking dude, so I kind of appreciate it. But 
that doesn't help our listeners at all so i'm really sorry but anyways if if you're watching live you know you're you're (laughs) nodding along and if you're listening later uh doesn't help you yeah so obviously i have a soft spot for helix and you know Mm -hmm. raise rookie of the year but anyways uh none of you guys mentioned kinsler leading off i i mean if we're going to expect some regression on sabathia's part i mean Mm -hmm. why not against kinsler he's been really good he's hitting for power what was it last year or the year before? Like we thought he was done after like two and a half months. He had one home run and he just yeah. looked like he was just yeah. barely hanging on. He's he's now good again. Um, Solarte, second base eligible and third base eligible. Uh, he's going to be really really expensive, but he's batting cleanup in course field. Uh, Zobrist versus Bud Norris, I don't mind. And Profar is more of a cash game play for me. I don't really use him in GPPs, and then I switch it and I'll, I'll have Profar in cash and Odor in tournaments and. You understand what I'm saying. Uh, and Scope's always in play, especially versus a fly ball ready. And uh, I believe he's going up against Estrada, so I don't mind that part at all. I actually really like Orioles today, which is kind of weird, but that's all I have at second base. Yeah, the Orioles are up against Marco Estrada, who still has an ERA below three, just been pitching awesome for the Blue Jays. And, uh, of course, they're they're kind of a power team, and I've, I've asked Brad about this before. So Estrada, fly ball pitcher... And then you have these fly ball uh, hitters going against them. And, and which way do you believe that that leans in terms of who it's favoring? Uh, so, yeah, if it lines up, it usually favors the pitcher. Mm-hmm. So Chris Davis putting it in the air and Marco Estrada wants him to put it in the air. Uh, right. Potentially some fly ball outs there. But I don't know. Those The, the fly balls, the home run thing is always very volatile. I can see a lot of yes. a, a zeros, but also could could see some runs there. So in a GPP, you know, I'm fine with scope. I'm fine with a, a lot of those home run guys there because they will be putting it in the air. Um, Brad, you want to get started at third base? Sure. I have a little more trouble at third base in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, not quite as deep for me. Uh, the the Coors game, you got Nolan Arenado. That's that's an easy one. Anytime you can fit him into a lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, also liking Chris Bryan up against Norris. Again, if you can fit him in a lineup, he's bat- against a bad pitcher. You go for it and you do it. Uh, getting beyond that, it's a little thinner for me. Uh, every once in a while, I like to break out. Uh, a lefty versus a lefty as someone who just shouldn't be too popular in a GPP. Mm-hmm. And that's what I might do with Kyle Seeger today. He's 3200 on FanDuel. Uh, at that price, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he's on fire. He, he's not the best against lefties, but he doesn't completely disappear. And he can, you know, he'll still be around when there's righties in the game later. Uh, so there, there's opportunity for, uh, you know, some, some arbitrage. Uh, get get a guy who isn't popular in a, a slate where he can still do some damage. And uh, Derek Holland's not that scary in general anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's not like he's up against Clayton Kershaw. It's uh, a normal lefty, uh, just an average type guy and someone that he can hit. Uh, if you're looking for someone super cheap, uh, Chris Coughlin's uh, joined the Cubs again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also got that Bud Norris matchup, uh, third base on FanDuel, 2100. Uh, so big bargain, uh, good pick if you're trying to get your Kershaw in the lineup. Sure, sure, yeah, uh, I like those as well. Um, Yancey, do you have anybody at third base that he didn't mention? Um, I do. I just want to mention that Coglin is in, in the player pool on DraftKings, so that would be a FanDuel only play for Chris Coglin. Um, that's such a weird trade, by the way. You, you <laughs> trade back for him. I mean, it's like it's like the Mets and the Braves trading Kelly Johnson back and forth. But, yeah. Um, at third base, obviously Arenado, obviously Chris Bryant. Uh, Castellanos, I like. I, I for some reason it feels like you guys are fading Tigers, which I understand because Sabathia hasn't been bad, but 
Cassianos has been fantastic, and uh, I, I don't mind that play at all. Yeah. Uh, my my favorite third base play, he's actually third base and outfield eligible, is Brandon Drury. I like mm-hmm. the park. I like the the opposing pitcher. I'm going to use a ton of him. Uh, Travis Shaw, and then most of you guys will obviously use Machado as a shortstop, but it bodes mentioning that he's also third base eligible, and I don't mind him either. Sure. Yeah, those are all all just fine. Um, only names I had you guys didn't list. You can take Martin Prado, getting Patrick Corbin, righty on lefty. Uh, it's hard to get real excited about Martin Prado even when he was on fire earlier in the year. It's cool off a little bit, but he gets a lefty, and uh, Corbin's been you know nothing special this year, so I think that's fine for him as an alternative pick. And then uh, I still am down with Blue Jays righties getting uh, getting Kevin Gosman, and that'd be Josh Donaldson. Uh, not super exciting, but. Not the best matchup for him, but not one you have to avoid, even though it's righty-ready. I think that you can handle that. Um, on to shortstop. Yancey, you mentioned you know Machado there, of course, uh, if you want to use him at third or short. Who else are you thinking at shortstop? I have only rostered this particular player, and you guys can guess immediately who it is. I've rostered him one time all season, and it was in the middle of his heater. And, of course, he went like 0 for 4, 0 for 5. Trevor Story is really expensive on DraftKings. He's at 5,200. Mm-hmm. Um it's not a fantastic matchup. I'm not saying he's a must-play, but you have to fade cores at your own risk, basically. Um, it's one thing I've, I've followed very closely is I like to I like to be super contrarian in tournaments, like super, super contrarian. Even, even if I can acknowledge that something is a very strong play, mm-hmm. the simple game theory aspect of it suggests that if 60 or 70% of players are gravitating towards the same game, guess what? Sometimes they only score two or three runs at Coors Field. It happens sometimes. And you can literally take down GPPs. I finished top five a couple weeks ago because I faded cores and just went somewhere else, and I only scored 185 points on DraftKings, but that's enough to literally overtake you know, 70% of the field. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, Trevor Story, I'm not in love with it, but fade at your own risk. Um, I don't mind Xander against Duffy. Uh, Lindor, uh, don't mind that either. Shortstop's really weak. I think I'm going to actually go down and... Uh, I'm going to be using Simeon a lot, Marcus Simeon. He'll probably bat 7th or 8th. Actually, I think they moved him up to 6th recently, but um, that's probably my favorite cheat play is Marcus Simeon. Sure. He gets uh, Anthony Sclafani, who has been interesting in the past. He's making his season debut coming off the disabled list. He gets an okay matchup against the A's, uh, but hard to hard to know what to do with the guy in his debut off of the disabled list. Uh, kind of interested in him going forward, but but not jumping on it right now. Um, but yeah, Marcus Simeon quietly adds, you know, decent power, can have some speed. Uh, I, I like that. Usually prefers lefties, but again, a guy that probably won't go deep and then you get the Reds bullpen and you know, that's not right. been, not what's jumping off the page of some people. And they look at this, uh, Brad, do you like Marcus Simeon or more so do you like, uh, Anthony Desclafani at all, either on Friday or going forward? There, there's things that I like about Desclafani and I think he's a solid pitcher. I would like to see him not be pitching for the Reds. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just course field, sea level. It, it's a tough field to play at. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the upshot uh, coming back from disabled list, really hard to get a read on what he's going to be like, especially as a, the type mm-hmm. of pitcher he is. Uh, really needs to be on top of his game to be uh, successful. So, yeah, I have no problem going after him today, especially at Great American Ballpark. Okay. Uh, who else are you thinking at shortstop that Yancey didn't mention? Uh, you mentioned Trevor Story, who's actually pretty cheap on FanDuel at 3400 So uh, e- even more so, uh, fade at your own risk. Uh, it, it's a pretty affordable play if you're trying to get someone with a very high ceiling. Uh, you, you also mentioned the other big names for me, uh, being Francisco Lindor and Xander Bogarts. 
uh, I'm kind of looking at fading and using, or not really fading so much as just going with a, a real punt uh, with Didi Gregorius. Uh, bottom of the order guy, usually about seventh, uh, sometimes eighth. Uh, not really much of a hitter. Uh, decent-ish average, chance for multiple hits, very little power, but, but enough power to escape Yankee Stadium. And that's really the thing that I'm looking at is there's that shot in the dark for power, uh, could get multiple hits against a terrible pitcher. The bullpen isn't good either for the Tigers. Uh, so there's ways that you can envision Gregorius giving you something. Now, when he goes 0 for 4 and doesn't do anything, you know, go ahead and come back and blame me. But <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a solid punt today on a day when you need punts. The only shortstop I had that you guys didn't mention is a, a deep cut, a deep pick. Matt's picked him before, and I liked it. Uh, Chris Owings gets Justin Nicolino, and if he's eligible at shortstop for you, might not be, but uh, that would be helpful because um, he can hit lefties. He has a 906 OPS against lefties this year. He's not really hitting righties, and it's mostly, I mean, there's a little bit of pop in there. Um, both of his home runs have come against uh, lefties, and he has some speed. It, it, you're, you're digging deep there, and it's going to be helpful because it's, you know, a good a good matchup for the team. Hopefully he gets driven in. Um, but, but if you're just, if you're looking for an alternative pick at shortstop, I like that, but I like Simeon and Gregorius too, as, uh, as alternative guys as well. If you don't want to pay up for Trevor Story, who again, I think is, you know, option number one, um, basically you're making the decision whether you're going a story lineup or not a story lineup. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, on to the outfield. Um, again, it's not as huge of a list as I usually have in the outfield, uh, it, but, but still plenty of options. I mean, you can start with the Rockies outfielders. They're all left-handed. They all get Andrew Kashner. They're they're all going to yep. be fine. Um, I put Jose Batista getting Kevin Gosman again. It's it's righty on righty, but I'm not worried about that at all. Um, Dexter Fowler is going to you know get Bud Norris and any of those those Cubs guys are going to score plenty of runs, and I imagine that he's going to be pretty involved in all of that. So paying up for Dexter Fowler sounds fine for me. I wrote uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Mookie Betts getting Tyler Duffy. Again, I, I like Tyler Duffy at a time, but he's been cold lately, and he gets, you know, the the hottest offense in baseball. So I think it's going to be tough for him, and Bradley and Mookie should both be fine. Um, I wrote Yasmani Tomas getting Justin Nicolino. Yasmani Tomas is not a super thrilling player, but he does mash lefties. He has that part of Major League hitting figured out, and he gets a pretty easy-to-hit lefty in Nicolino. So I'm all over that. Um, speaking of lefty matching, I have Marcelo Zuna getting Patrick Corbin. Ozuna is becoming kind of a must play against lefties. His OPS is off the charts. Um, and he's been great in general and he's probably driving his price up. Uh, but still when he gets a lefty like Corbin, he's going to be pretty darn good. And unlike Tomas, I'm not worried about him when the bullpen comes in. So uh, Ozuna is uh, up there. Um, I keep picking Rajai Davis against lefties. He gets Hector Santiago. And he keeps showing that he can be just fine. He shows up with pop sometimes. He can always run, and Santiago's been slow. So uh, if you want Rajai Davis getting involved there from the Indians outfield, I'm totally fine with that. Um, just a few more names for me. I got Nelson Cruz uh, getting Derek Holland. That's righty and lefty. It's always great. He's going. Uh, he's getting you know his old teammates. He should be fine. And anytime I pick Nelson Cruz, I'm also okay with Franklin Gutierrez as well, the cheaper version. Uh, the not as good version, which is why he's cheap, but he's right-handed and likes it lefties and should make it in that lineup. And my last name is Nomar Mazara, Ken Hisashi Wakuma. That's the, you know, the Rangers outfielder that I like the most against right-handers. And 
plenty of pop, and Iwakuma is not as good as he used to be. So I think that's fine. Um, that's my rundown in the outfield for me. Yancey, who do you think in the outfield that I did not mention? Right, we've got to say Rockies, mm-hmm. obviously. That's it's not revelatory or revelatory. Um, Stanton and Ozuna both. Uh, if you guys look at Stanton's game logs, it, nothing really jumps out at you like he's on a bender or anything like that. But mm-hmm. has been making some serious hard contact. If you guys actually watch the games, he's had a couple of line drives that were just caught. It was just incredibly unlucky. Um, making really good contact. Don't yeah. look at the strikeouts because he's always going to strike out. Obviously, you're not losing points for strikeouts anymore. Um, I really like his chances to go yard, and I'd almost guarantee a dong tonight. So him and Ozuna both paired together as a mini stack I like a lot. I saw a headline, I didn't read it, but so I might have the details wrong, but that he hit a grounder on Thursday that was the hardest hit ball in StatCast history or something like that. It was yeah, a grounder, yeah. but he just smoked it that bad, and I mean, he's usually on that leaderboard. But yeah, like you said, it's still hitting the ball real hard. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like the Marlins, obviously. Uh, on the other side of the Coors game, uh, Matt Kemp, is a decent play. He's expensive. Um, everybody's going to gravitate towards the course bats, obviously, but you can be contrained just a little bit by going with Kemp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yankees, Yankees bats, Beltre, or I'm sorry, Beltron, Gardner, Ellsbury. I don't mind that at all. Yep. Uh, you mentioned Nelson Cruz getting a lefty. That's kind of an autoplay. Colby Rasmus, he's incredibly streaky and frustrating, but um, you know, the I think it's Andrew tonight on the bump for the Rays. Mm-hmm. Nothing to be overly concerned about with. He could take him, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys listened to the last, uh, Rotographs podcast with Spore and Eno. I don't know if you guys caught that at all, but, uh, they were talking about Michael Waka and about how basically like every metric you can look up to basically like, you know, look over a player. Um, he's like in line for like a major injury, basically. I mean, yep. talking about mechanics and, and dip and, and, and velocity, everything like that is, is just pointing to a, a precursor for, like, serious injury. Um, I do not mind a pirate stack at all tonight against Michael Waka. At all. I love Polanco, even Marte, righty, righty, he does not care. Um, if there's something legitimately wrong with him, he might be tentative, he might not be throwing to the bases, and uh, I, I, I like pirates a lot. I think they might actually be the highest scoring team on the night. Um, and you'll know right away, too with Waka. It's like, he's like Matt Moore. Like as soon as he starts pitching, you know, within 10 or, yeah. you know, oh. you instantly know, you're like, oh yeah, it's lit. You there's, know? There, there's, there's two time periods with Waka. So it's the, the first inning, uh, he's either on or off. And then he, he just hits a wall usually around the fifth or sixth inning. And he'll be cruising along. He, last year, there was a few times I picked him and uh, he's cruising along. My lineup said like prime position to score me a bunch of points. They just hits a wall, goes from, looking like he'd have like 60 pitches through six innings like seven strikeouts Mm -hmm. and then he finished with six plus innings and like five runs allowed yeah and yeah so there's two ways waka kind of dings you and the pirates i I like that pick today yeah so other than the uh the pirates i also mentioned harper i'm not gonna lie i have not been rostering harper a lot i don't know what it is um i'm not saying he's a bad player but the the walk effect is very real right in real baseball, we appreciate him getting on base, obviously. In fantasy, the two points on DraftKings just isn't going to do it. And even with his price coming down a lot, like he's, I'm not sure what he is exactly right now. I think he's like 4,500 or 4,600. Um, that's just escalating his ownership. Like his ownership hasn't really taken a dip at all. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where if, you know, if he's 20% owned or 22% owned and you don't have him and he has two walks and a run scored, excellent. You know, he just scored six points. Um, 
but I, I feel like I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't mention him. Uh, my last outfielder is my boy. He leads the majors in double dongs, and it's Mark Trumbo. I mentioned this last time, Dylan. I literally I throw out one lineup every single night with Trumbo in it, yeah. and it's it's been a very you know positive EV move. Um, it doesn't matter. He can take anybody yard, and especially against uh, Estrada tonight. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's basically it. Obviously, check lineups and wait to see. You're going to see you know super punts like uh, the other night. It was for the the Mets. Uh, what was his name? He was min salary and he basically homered for two thousand dollars. It was like Ty something or I don't even know who it was. But every single night there's one of those guys, right? There's there's the one twenty one hundred dollar on FanDuel or two thousand dollar outfielder on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. There's always weird course bats that are peppered in there that are super underpriced because they're not starting. Just look out for those guys and build your lamps around them. It'll help you get up to like a Kershaw or Strasburg. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Super cheap guys. It's not hard for them to get their return on investment. Um, I want to mention, uh, we did this last show, but the, the breaking news right now in the middle of a recording is that uh, Jimmy Rollins has been DFA'd and uh, Tim Anderson's coming up for the White Sox. Uh, wow. Going right into the lineup. Yeah. Uh, every time there's White Sox news, I'm like, oh, I don't get to talk to Matt till, till Monday's show. Uh, I'm sure he's excited about that. He was not a Jimmy Rollins fan. So <laughs> I don't know what the takeaway is there yet in terms of DFS, uh, but... Uh, he'll he'll be making that start at shortstop. I don't know if that'll make him popular in his debut or not. We don't really know what to do there yet. But um, he does uh, he does get oh I just had it right here. My lost it. Yeah, he gets Ian Kennedy, who's been fine this year. Not a guy that you're you're rushing out to target. But um, this is more news for your standard fantasy leagues. Go out and grab Tim Anderson if you need help at shortstop. If you're in a deeper format, worth taking a flyer on for sure. Um, also, you mentioned Matt Camp, and I had no comments on Matt Camp's matchup tonight. Uh, against John Gray, but uh, Matt Kemp has one of my favorite hitting lines on the year against lefties. He's getting a righty back. So <laughs> yes. again, it's not relevant, but it's just amazing, and I have to talk about it. Um, so he's hitting 630 OPS against righties. Still has some pop, but against lefties, he's hitting... Uh, he has a 989 OPS against lefties. He's mashing the ball, but he has yet to draw a walk on the season while mashing lefties. Yep. Uh, 321, 310... 679 against left-handed pitching this year, which is just incredible to me. Uh, he's only drawn four walks against righties. He's not walking anywhere, but 679 slug against lefties, six homers in uh, 58 trips to the plate, but not a walk yet. I I don't know. What a really interesting line to me. I hope it holds up. I want to see how long he can go, not only without drawing a walk against lefties, but still smashing the ball. I get not drawing a walk, but they're, you're still letting you... Hit him that hard. I don't know. He gets a righty tonight. I agree. It's in Coors Field. It's John Gray. I think he'll be okay. But I just, I, I love the, the Matt Camp lefty line so much this year. Yeah. Uh, the, the Padres have a, a couple of fun stories like that. The, the other one I like is Fernando Rodney not allowing a run. Yeah. Uh, that, All year. That's, yeah. that's totally expected, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> I did that knows. with the Rays a couple years ago. You guys remember that? Yeah. 2012. Yeah, I, I remember. It, he set the ERA record. Doing it twice is pretty spectacular especially because like his numbers aren't actually good like his uh, <laughs> no. xfips like 4.4 or something he's, like, uh, he's not actually pitching well <laughs> he's just hasn't allowed to run 2012 was a crazy baseball year and always sticks out to me but uh yeah he set the era record that year it was the year that craig kimbrell struck out 50 percent of the batters he faced all year it was also another <laughs> really weird reliever year 
Yeah, uh, that, that was harbinger of things to come. Yeah. That, that was still extremely novel, and now we're like, yeah, that, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, uh, Brad, did you have any outfielders that the two of us did not mention? Sure, I, I could probably pull a couple more names down. Sure. Uh, Nelson Cruz and uh, Franklin Gutierrez, two guys I like. Gutierrez, mm-hmm. great hard hit cut rates. Uh, especially against left-handed pitching. Uh, mm-hmm. Hits righties hard, too, just uh, not as good plate discipline against them. Uh, but, again, uh, really nice play up against the lefty today with Derek Holland. Uh, the drawback is he does get subbed sometimes mid-game uh, when a righty comes in, especially if the game's close. Mm-hmm. So got to watch out for that. You might lose your hitter mid-game. We talked about Brandon Drury a little earlier. He's $2,000 on FanDuel and only outfield eligible there. Uh, He's I, I still like. Really? Yeah, he's two thousand dollars. He's he's cold right now, and Fanduel's very sensitive to slumps, so that, that that's why he's gotten to be so cheap. But he still bats fifth most of the time when there's a lefty on the hill, and uh, he he's pretty much a much play, must play at that price. And this is just kind of interesting typo territory. Uh, Enrique Hernandez is two hundred and twenty dollars on Fanduel. They left out a zero. <laughs> oh boy. He he won't he won't start. Uh, he's up against Johnny Cueto, but it's too bad he's not against the lefty. That's a funny price. I don't know if you guys actually seen this, but um, there were a couple of uh, big DFS like community guys that were actually tweeting at him, like Al Zeidenfeld from um, DFS boot camp and stuff. They were tweeting like, "Yo, man, you know, I know you're not going to be in the lineup, but like, would it kill you to like give us a pinch hit home run?" And they actually said, like, hey, how about we get a walk-off home run, a pinch hit walk-off home run? And he's like, well, that's kind of impossible, Bings. We're on the road, but sure. <laughs> like, he literally tweeted back at him, like, yeah, no problem, dude. I'll see what I can do. But yeah. I just thought that was kind of funny. I, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, and I'll try and make it short, but I worked in the Australian Baseball League, and we had a home game. They got rained out, so they had to play it on the road. And so while playing their home game on the road against this team, because they only had two series against each other because it's a small league, um, we were the home team on the road. Uh, and it was like during a doubleheader. And in the home game on the road, our team hit a walk-off. So actually got to hit a walk-off in the away park. Uh, and I'm here trying to write... To the, crickets. Yeah. And not only to crickets, but I'm trying to write the game story. And when I wrote the game story for Australian baseball, you have to keep it pretty simple because a lot of your readers probably don't know baseball real well so i'm like how do i explain this really weird thing that is not very (laughs) common to an australian baseball audience that uh hit a walk off on the road and why that's weird uh but i will never forget that being like oh yeah that happened you don't get to do that very often brad any other outfielders for you before we try and (laughs) tackle all these pictures I'm sure we could talk about more but let's just yeah (laughs) all right so what there's a lot of options here. There's a lot of places that could score a lot of points at pitcher. There's aces like Cueto and Kershaw. And like you said, Strasburg gets Philly. Um, what, what is your actual DFS plan here for pitching for Friday? So I haven't settled entirely whether I'm going to you know, try to do some of these cheaper stacks. Like You can put together a cheap Mariner stack and mm-hmm. afford Stephen Strasburg. Uh, you can put together an Arizona stack with Paul Goldschmidt and still sneak in Chris Sale. Uh, so there's ways to get good stacks with good pitchers. I'm also considering just throwing caution to the wind, going Junior Guerra, hoping that Matt Harvey has one of his bad days again and 
hand scare, quality start win. Uh, he gets that. He's up around 45 points. I can get pretty expensive stacks involved then. Uh, maybe Cubs. Uh, maybe you know another group that's going to be very pricey. Uh, and those quality hitters, they should be underrepresented with all these ace pitchers out there today. We got a uh, question in the chat about Garrett Cole getting the Cardinals. The Cardinals are a pretty good offense, but he's a pretty good pitcher. Are you staying away there? You just see better options, or given his price on Fanduel, I, I could see using him. He's only nine thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty good bargain considering his ceilings up around uh, Sale and Strasburg. He is capable of being as good as everyone except Kershaw, basically. Uh, the issue is he isn't really getting there very often this year. Uh, he, he's turning in a lot of 30-point you know, games on FanDuel. I think that translates to about 18 points on DraftKings. Uh, it's not that inspiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have to get one of his better starts to uh, really get value. And the Cardinals lineup is tough. It's yeah, We talk about it week in and week out. It, the, there's no real you know Bryce Harper star, but also not really a free out in there either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of how I felt. I was like, he could be fine. I, I want to be pickier on Friday. We have so many options, you know. And if you're like, oh, yeah, he'd be all right. I'm like, let's let's go somewhere we're a little more excited. Uh, Yancey, where do you think you might go at pitcher? Well, just to touch base on Garrett Cole real quick. Hmm. Like you said, because there is so much good starting pitching going, I think you can do a lot better. Uh, four straight starts of five strikeouts or less, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And he, he's a pitcher who gives up hits anyway. What's that? One of them was a zero. He went seven innings and didn't strike out a guy. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. That doesn't that doesn't help our cause at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like him in cash. I don't like him in tournaments because I don't think the upside is there, to be honest with you. He's one of those pitchers, too, where coming into the season, there were actually like the uh, the whispers, just like with Sonny Gray, that he's a fraudulent pitcher. I'm not sure if I'm going to take it that far, but I un- until I see it, like I'm not willing to pay that price for him. I think he can do a lot better. Um, as far as starting pitching, obviously Kershaw. We don't have to talk about him. Uh, just for fun, I was looking up his splits against lefties, and that's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna say it, but it's it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm I'm likely going to be paying up for Kershaw and then pairing him with Lance McCullers. The Rays strike out over 25% of the time, and it's at home where they they struggle. Fun fact: right now they're sitting third in total home runs, but only by one. They're trailing for most home runs hit in the league, but they're 21st in runs scored. So it's it's basically feast or famine, and they don't do well against right-handed pitching at all. Lance McCullers, fantastic pitcher. I, I really like that spot a lot, and he's not too expensive. Um, like with Cueto, I don't mind Cueto, but that just means you can't afford Kershaw. So uh, I'm probably not going to be going that option. Right at 12200 on DraftKings is super expensive, and every single time I think that he's going to start getting hit hard, he doesn't. Right. And Minnesota is basically like in a free-for-all offensively, so I, I don't mind that at all. Yeah, that's expensive, um, but I'm like, he's been that good, you know, and that's good, yeah. that good of a matchup. So, I don't right, know. he's justifying it. So, I I mean, early in the season, one of the few things I got wrong, I, I had a really hot start to the season, but I kept stacking against him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I was profitable three, four days in a row, and on that fifth day, whenever Wright was pitching, you know, I went all in on bats on, you know, opposing him, and it just didn't work out. He's been yeah. really good. Um. Hamill, obviously he's a favorite to get the win. I think he's a much stronger play on Fandle than on DraftKings. Uh, he doesn't have the elite K upside, but that floor, the, the points for the win is huge, and he's almost guaranteed. Yeah. I think he's the, the biggest favorite on the night um, by Vegas totals, the implied team total. Um, and, and you mentioned Guerra, too. It's not sexy. It's not 
you know, he's not going to set the world on fire. He's not going to give you like a Velasquez 18 strikeout performance or something, but he's really solid and he can kind of free up things for you uh, with on the hitter side. But other than that, I mean, really guys pay up for Kershaw and then get creative with like a min Sal bat and either go like a McCullers or like another like decent mid tier. But after that, like there's a, there's a chunk at the bottom that you just don't want anything to yeah. do with. You, oh, yeah. you mentioned uh, Guerra. He gets the Mets, who just don't scare me. They're so banged up, and there's not a lot left in that lineup that I, I think Guerra is a cheap, not a ton of upside, but a, a totally fine matchup. I, I'm okay with that as well. Mets are bottom five in offense right now. It's they're like, overall, and, and they're hurt. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah, they're, fine they're hurt and they're cold. Yeah. Um, if you want to bet on Matt Harvey having straightened things out against the Brewers, I don't think that's crazy. There's obviously some danger there, but there's also clear upside there. You know, there's not a ton of confidence, but there, there's, if you're in a GPP and you want him to, you know, give you an ace-like performance for not the price, possible. Not, not betting on it necessarily, but definitely possible. We haven't even mentioned Chris Sale getting the Royals, who are also really banged up. Uh, also one of the best, you know, pitchers on the slate. Uh, that's another ace that if you want to go with, there's no hesitation for me there at all. There's nobody in the Royals lineup I'm really worried about. He will be just fine. Um, Ian Kennedy on the other side getting the White Sox. I mean, the worst part about that is he has to face Chris Sale, but they're ice cold, and somehow Ian Kennedy's been good. I don't know what's going on, but he's been good. He has the strikeouts. Uh, that's an option. I don't love it, but but it's certainly an option. Um, we mentioned Marco Estrada. He's going to live and die by that fly ball. Um, but the the Orioles are known to strike out, and he can get some Ks. And if the ball stays in the yard, it's not going to shock anybody if he goes out and goes seven innings, one run or something. You know, like Estrada's has an ERA under three, so uh, he'll be okay. Uh, and then um, Corey Kluber gets the Angels. They're, they're nothing special. It's another guy who can yep. give you a, a good performance. And uh, there's so many options here at Pitcher, uh, some, something to fit your price point. We haven't mentioned Sonny Gray coming back in the Reds. They're not... A pushover no, thank offense, you. but yeah, not nope, for you. Guys, don't do it. Save save your money. Do not do it. <laughs> you just stand I'm away telling from you, Sonny Gray, Sonny Gray in Cincinnati in Great American Small Park, he will break your heart. That's... I'm serious. Don't do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, de- I'm definitely watching that one. Uh, I'm not as scared as you, but again, there's so many options on Friday that if you have question marks, go somewhere else. You know, you don't need to, to do that. Um, if uh, Okay, so... I want to say you could get cute with him, but he's such a popular name that enough people are going to have him you're not. If you want to get cute, I think, and I mentioned him, and it's kind of crazy, but you played GPP, it's a hard fade. You can go with Sabathia getting the Tigers, and could he totally blow up and do nothing for you? Yes, absolutely. But I also think that not many people are going to go with him because they're so scared off. And again, uh, in that four-game stretch, I was wrong. He's faced the Blue Jays twice. And he's been fine against them both times. Seven innings, no runs. Sorry, seven innings, two unearned runs, and then seven innings, two earned runs. But he's able to handle that lineup. And I feel like if he can handle them, he can probably handle the Tigers. Not for sure. But he's not just beaten up on cold offenses, you know. And he had five scoreless against the Orioles last time. He walked six. But, again, it's not huge upside, but I don't think many people are going to go there. And I could see the Yankees scoring against Mike Pelfrey. And so I just think it's going to be a low-ownership guy that could turn in an okay start. Um, so I don't know that that's a guy I'm watching. It, it, I, I agree with Brad. I don't think it's going to hold up the rest of the year, but he, he's done it against right-handed heavy lineups so far. And it's OPS against righties is actually better than lefties this year. He's holding righties to like a 608 OPS or something this year. So watching Sabathia, I'm not telling you run out and get him, but if you're feeling crazy, 
Uh, I think there's some, a GPP play to have there, but there's so many options at pitcher. I don't know. Brad, do you have any others that we didn't mention or anything that you feel stronger about? No, I think we can uh, head over to the weekend now. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot of options as the moral of the story. Yeah, for for the contest, uh, these guys that are lesser owned that are actually interesting. Matt's going with Ace Clefani because he's interesting and he gets the A's. Weren't that uh, scary? I'm thinking Matt Andresi against the Astros just because I think he's a bit of a mirage when hoping for some, some strikeouts there out of the Houston lineup. But uh, neither of those we're, we're really in love with. Um Saturday is a, a fun day. Um, I am going with Matt Shoemaker against Cleveland. We were beaten up on him all earlier this year, and he has this crazy strikeout-to-zero-walk streak going on. Uh, hasn't walked anybody in a million starts, and he gets the Indians, who don't really scare me. And he's at home. So uh, something's going on with Matt Shoemaker, and, and I find it really interesting. So I'm going there. Uh, Matt's taking Dan Straley getting Oakland. Dan Straley's been a pretty all right red starter, and, and you don't get to use that phrase very often. So he hasn't uh, gotten a lot of attention, but uh, that's who he's taking on Saturday. Brad, who looked uh, good to you on Saturday, either in DFS or just from an uh, interesting game? I've gotten a lot of questions about James Paxton after mm-hmm. his last start, and I didn't check his ownership rates, but... Uh, D- definitely someone you have to look at just because of the velocity gain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm i still a little bit hands-off. Uh, for one, I'm not paying if you're looking to trade for him. I, I wouldn't do that. He's mm-hmm. always injured. You know, it, if he's throwing harder, that, that that's probably just means he's even more likely to be injured soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- he's not someone I'll pay for. If I can get him for free, which I did in one league, uh, I might give him a spot start. I, I'm I haven't even decided. I picked him up. I might just let him sit on my bench, and if he happens to toss another good outing, try to sell high on him. Uh, but I, I, he's he's a guy we, we need to watch because uh, he did get that huge velocity gain last mm-hmm. week. Do you like uh, Trevor Bauer getting the Angels at all? Yeah, that's another one. I, Bauer's a guy who, kind of like Paxson, don't have any trust for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Bauer, it's a more command issues. Uh, and you mentioned Shoemaker's pitching pretty well, so that part of the matchup is c- kind, of, kind of a coin flip to me, mm-hmm. uh, starter to starter. The Angels, obviously, the weaker team uh, offensively, but you got Mike Trout there, so uh, Bowers, Bowers strikes me as the guy who doesn't really avoid hitters. Uh, s- might make a mistake challenging Trout. Sure. Uh, Yancey, what jumps off the page to you for Saturday? Uh, nothing really jumps off the page. Uh, I was just looking over the scheduled starters, and they have Rodriguez for Boston yeah, starting. I like that one too. Um, I, I might go there just because the run support is obviously going to be there. He can get a win. I don't know if you guys have watched him at all um, or, or what he's been doing. Uh, I think he was on a rehab stint, correct? Yeah. He was hurt to start the year, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he's missed most of the year. And so did he just come back? Will this be his first start back? No, this is his third back. start, I believe. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Sometimes you know how you have like these like these weird holes in like your baseball <laughs> knowledge, and sure. you, you you don't realize how that happened. Yeah, that's me right now. Um, <laughs> from a from a pitching standpoint, there's not a whole lot that I'm looking at to be honest with you. I'm I'm more concerned with uh with my Rays and seeing if Logan Forsythe actually gets called up this weekend or gets reactivated. Mm-hmm. Um, that's literally like my DFS boyfriend. I don't know if you guys. Uh, got these emails, but every year at the end of the season, FanDuel and DraftKings will actually send out emails, and they, they show you like this graph of uh, players that you've most owned, and you know specific game variants where you're the most profitable or where you're the least profitable. And Logan Forsythe was literally like 
my number one player by far. Like I literally use him every single slate. And uh, I'm one of those people who was very, very uh, bullish on him to start the season because I thought the gains he made against right-handed pitching was legit. And he kind of backed that up for the beginning of the season. I'm really excited to see if he does come back either this weekend or he'll be back next week sometimes. But um, it's just uh, it's one of those things where the Rays are just, I mean, tons and tons of injuries. Obviously, the pitching isn't nearly as good as they thought it would be. And yet, there's still only a handful of games out of first place. I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but um, I think the American League is kind of down as a whole. And uh, watching to see if they'll make a playoff push is kind of something I'm I'm cluelessly hope, like holding on hope for. But we'll, we'll see. She's a, they're uh, they're stay, staying relevant, which is nice, you know. Especially you know as, as we get into the summer, you don't want to have it be July first and feel like you're done. So yeah, mm-hmm. the, that that division's staying interesting. The only other name that really uh, I like on Saturday, uh, or, or at least I'm noting, is Chris Young is going to the cell, and Chris Young has always been a fly ball, bit of a homer machine, but even more so lately. Uh, the White Sox are cold, but if there's any of them you believe can hit home runs like Abreu or Frazier, I Christian has just been giving them up a lot uh, lately. Um, on to Sunday, Matt and I are both in on Zach Davies getting the Mets. It's a guy that we had kind of beat up on earlier in the year, and he's now put two great starts together now. Matt picked him last time. He had a no-hitter going into six or seven. He was so excited about it. We talked about it on the last show. Um, two great straight start, Two straight great starts, and now he gets the Mets who are beat up. We're both going there. Uh, I don't know that I have a ton of confidence, but he kind of got it considering how he's been. But other than that, I mean, Urias on Sunday night, uh, baseball is going to get the Giants. That's kind of an exciting start for, you know, that rivalry. Uh, Brad, what are you thinking on Sunday? What, what looks good to you? There's not a whole lot that jumps off the page, as you put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's starts here or there. I'm uh, seeing Rick Porcello flash across some of my waiver wires. Mm-hmm. Uh, the recent performances haven't been as good as the start. Uh, he's still going to get a ton of run support. Uh, most days, and so especially last day of a week, head-to-head week, uh, good pickup if you need that win. Mm-hmm. Uh, won't really just to cut you off real quick, hey Brad, just to yeah. cut you off real quick, um, I know you weren't on the show whenever I was on, but we actually decided that we're going to call him Porky. Porky, alright. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll go just, with that. <laughs> yeah, just so you know. That's and it. then uh, your Rays are up against Dallas Keuchel, who is not Dallas Keuchel anymore. Uh, Rays love left-handed pitchers, so it could be a high-scoring game. Uh, Astros up against Matt Moore, who also has plenty of trouble with righties. Yeah, there, there's going to be some some lefty matching going on in that game. It's sad to see Dallas Keuchel kind of falling off a little bit, um, but he definitely has. Yancy, who do you have on Sunday that, that looks interesting to you? Uh, from a pitching standpoint... I kind of want to see if Fulmer can keep this going. I'm going to be watching that really closely. Yankees bats the last three or four games have suddenly come alive. I know that has a lot to do with being at home and, and going against guys like uh, uh, you know the vaunted A's rotation, Jared Weaver, namely. Um, so I, I kind of want to see if he can keep that going. I unfortunately don't have any shares in season long, but uh, I mean the dude's just been phenomenal. It's kind of a weird... It, it almost pisses you off whenever you, you look at these schedules, right? Like, yesterday's pitching slate was so incredibly bad, right? And then yeah. today we're incredibly spoiled. You have all these aces going on. <laughs> like, I wish Major League Baseball almost made, like, a like competitive balance rule or something where you have to push back or, or push up starters just to give us something to watch or something to use in fantasy. Um, yeah. uh, Friedrich, the, the what's his name? Christian Friedrich? Christian I know he's going to be at... Yeah, it sounds super like aristocracy, like European royalty or something. Um, 
he's uh he's at cores. I'm not saying he's a good pitcher, but he is he has three wins already. I'm kind of curious to see what that's all about. Um, other than that, though, not a, a whole lot stands out to me. It's kind of a weird weekend. I can tell you what it's about. He's a two five seven ERA, which is great. Totally, he has a one five seven WHIP. Uh, he has sixteen is walks. That bad? To, <laughs> sixteen walks <laughs> to twenty two strikeouts. Like he's doing well, you know, at Petco. The regression's gonna come, and it can definitely come uh, in Colorado. So I don't. know. I'm personally well out on Christian Friedrich. Um, oh yeah, especially in Colorado, but. In general, like the, the regression's coming quick. Um, the other name that stuck out to me again, I, I feel like I'm much more in tune with the White Sox since I do this show with Matt all the time. Otherwise, I wouldn't pay attention. Uh, Scott Carroll is starting for them. Scott Carroll is a guy that's been so bad. He's like the definition of like a six starter, maybe worse. Ground ball guy won't strike anybody out. It's not been good. Um, I have, I have ragged on him with Matt a lot, but I'm just like you DFA'd Matt Latos. So you could start Scott Carroll. Like, I, I get, like, that you're trying to improve, but, like, Matt Latos is not worse than Scott Carroll. I don't know that he's a lot better, but, like, he's not worse. And then I'm just like, was was Matt Latos a total jerk? Was it, like, a clubhouse thing? Which I think... It could be. He has that reputation. Yeah. Right. We have incomplete information, though, right? Like, I always want to dog these moves, but, sure. like, they know a lot more than we do, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but... I mean, certain organizations make stupid moves like this a lot more than others. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not calling it stupid. I'm just more surprised. I'm like, really? Like, I, okay. I'll call it stupid. I'll yeah. call it stupid for you. Don't Matt, worry. Matt Latos had <laughs> some upside. I mean, he was bad. He was definitely bad. And, you know, you want to push him out of your rotation. But, like, in comes Scott Carroll. I'm like, all right. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, but, like I said, maybe he was a jerk or we don't know what's going on. But it, it stuck out to me. So, I got to ask Matt about Scott Carroll. Mm-hmm. And about Justin Morneau and about uh, Jimmy Rollins and all this, all this White Sox stuff going on. Not a boring team so far. Um, all right. Well, that should about do it for us. Looking, you know, through Friday and through the weekend. Uh, Yancey, you you mentioned the other day you work on a show called Dear Mister Fantasy. Uh, tell us about that again. Uh, as you just said, I yes. work on a podcast called Dear Mister Fantasy. Uh, we're actually up. For- a podcast award which is the geekiest thing ever and uh, I have a hard time explaining it to people at work that I try to get to vote for us Um, the nominating session the voting session goes through the 12th which I think is Sunday Yes. Um, if, if you guys would be so kind to help us take down CBS Fantasy Football which is obviously this huge corporate you know overlord uh, mm-hmm. If you go to podcastawards.com and you go down to the sports and recreation category, you click Dear Mr. Fantasy. Uh, it literally takes 30 seconds. You just put in your email just to verify that you're not a bot, and then you can help vote for the show. And I'd also encourage you guys not to just blindly vote for a podcast you have no intention of listening to. If you guys do play fantasy season long, we cover a little bit of uh, daily fantasy as well. And uh, just regular kind of like baseball stuff, you can come check us out on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, anywhere you guys get your podcasts. Um, other than that, I just want to throw out there, I think uh, Stanton double dongs tonight. You heard it here first. Yeah, you're all over it uh, against Corbin. I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. It's the desert. It, it'll be yep. it'll be worth watching. Uh, Brad, what have you been writing lately? You been touching this draft stuff in your dynasty writing? Yeah, I've been touching upon it and have more analysis in the next week. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be... A busy week for the dynasty side. <laughs> it's always hard to get out ahead of some of the stuff because a lot of the information is just there's there's a ton of overlap and it's not really fresh. It's not really 
that deep either. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to parse the data. I, I, I tend to try to look for like some of the guys who fall through the cracks. Like I think Kyle Funkhauser will get picked sometime today, and he has a shot to be the first guy up of all the pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe as a reliever. It's a great and yeah, maybe as a reliever, and he has closer potential. He he's a guy I might talk about a bit next week, mm-hmm. uh, and he hasn't been picked yet, as I mentioned. Yep. Um, and then what do you got going on this weekend? Anything cool? Playing some ball? Uh, baseball game on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, that's about it. I gotta finalize my plans for heading north for the Fangraphs thing next week too. Oh yeah, that's going on. What day is that? Is it next weekend? Yeah, it's uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday are the days we'll be up in New York. Cool. Do we need to get a sub for you for Friday's show? We haven't talked about this. Oh, yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out off air. I've got all my other stuff covered, but I forgot to mention to you that, yes, I will not be available. That's okay. Do you we'll... see how you rank, Dylan? you see how you rank? I guess so. That's okay. <laughs> we'll figure that out off air, but I'll be having a, it, another It's guess. okay. Dylan often comes to me, like, early Tuesday morning, he'll be like, hey, I need somebody now. <laughs> might, might need a replacement. I haven't that, slept. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, that'll be exciting. I'm sure we'll talk about that more next week. Um, but Brad is on Twitter at Baseball A Team, covers DFS and Dynasty stuff, both ends of the spectrum, writes everywhere. Yancey is on Twitter at Yancey Eaton, very popular uh, fantasy baseball follow. Um, Yancey, thanks for joining us. Glad to have you on uh, on the show again. And, uh, yeah, that should do it for us. For Brad and Yancey. I'm Dylan. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Good luck with your stacks, and we will talk to you on Monday. Enjoy your baseball. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit Fangraphs.com slash fantasy, or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.